Welcome to Positive Productivity, Episode 154. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I am thrilled to have Alana Pratt, an intimacy expert and relationship coach here to join us. Alana, thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a pleasure. I think you are so awesome, Kim. You are hysterical. You crack me up. And you're also very centered and poignant and heartfelt. So I love getting to know you behind the scenes before this interview. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Listeners, someday I'm going to have to release some of what does go on before the episodes. You've already heard the bloopers, but Alana has just been tremendously awesome waiting for children to leave. It's it's a holiday when we're recording this, hearing stories about my crazy animals. Oh, and by the way, before we get, sorry, Alana, I'm taking the highlight away from you, but no, no. before we get into it, we just coined a phrase in our pre-chat oh. chat. Cremazing for Mm -hmm. crazy amazing. How many cremazing listeners? I mean, I'm sure a lot of the listeners relate. So, absolutely. And I like to add that little bit to slap your ass. I'm a cremazing mama. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yes. I have to say slap your butt, but yeah. Or else, as I, (laughs) we are also just sharing, I have uh, littles who pick up choice words and run around the kitchen island sing songing them so that that's actually one of the biggest reasons why why I watch my mouth on the show just hoping that it will wear off off the show but hey this episode listeners may be a little bit different so it's up to you whether or not your kids are around Alana I would love if you would please share more about what you do and a bit about your background so that we know how you got here with the listeners Mm, thank you so much. So we, I work with women and by the end of working with me, they feel not only sexy, but there's a sacredness to their sexy. They feel like deliciously irresistible, not by trying to be somebody that they think they should be, but by being exactly who they are. And I also, about maybe seven years ago now, started working with men as well. It wasn't my intention, but I got interviewed on this dating show and I found I had a real, like a knack for helping a man's emasculated heart be healed so that it could unleash this noble, bad, I say B-A-S-S, I'll say bad butt, but I say it the other way. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> we, we gave the disclaimer. It's we gave the disclaimer. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, good. So like a noble badass, because I think that's what a lot of us women crave, like noble. We want them to be present in their heart, in their wisdom, but we also want them to be that that sexy guy that will just claim us, right? So these are the capacities that I teach my clients, and I do it through sort of not like the outside in, but the inside out. And the way I describe intimacy, into me I see. And for me, who we are naturally are like radiant sisters or noble badasses. That's like who we are at our core. But there's often a block, uh, a limiting belief, something from the past, someplace where we're shaming ourselves, we're embarrassed, we just don't feel confident. And so when I go with intimacy, into me I see, we go inside And we sit, I call it like sitting in the fire, and we become friends with the parts of us that we resist. 
And it's not easy. It's easy to love our good parts. <laughs> but when we burn macaroni on the on the stove or, or when constantly <laughs> when these things happen, it's a little harder to be gentle with ourselves, tender with ourselves, forgive ourselves, and just go, Hey, here I am, the good, the bad, the ugly. Which is such, you know, a reason why I really love your show and the way you define positive productivity. It's not about perfection. It's about just being an allowance of, of all the flavors of who we are. And so I came into this work because I was not at peace with all that I was. From a little girl, I wanted daddy's love. And I would pretzel myself into whatever concoction I needed to to get his attention. I didn't understand he was drunk and stoned. Uh, I assumed there was something wrong with me. So I became quite a people pleaser. Made sure I got straight A's. You know, just anything I could do to be enough. And that led to uh, two divorces, choosing basically unavailable, emotionally unavailable men in search of my daddy, in search of his love. So instead of going for divorce number three, I'm like, hmm, the only one in common here is me. Let's do some work. And into me, I see, I looked inside and there was a very insecure little one inside even though I graduated cum laude from Columbia University and I'd been on all these television networks and, you know, coach celebrities and blah, blah, blah. That was still a mask on the outside. On the inside, I still felt less than. And so I did a lot of inner work to come to peace, not to try to perfect myself and make it all right and fix myself and make it better, but just to be okay that I'm not perfect and I love myself, that sometimes I get scared and I love myself. That sometimes I have trouble taking responsibility and I love myself. And so that's where I get my clients to. And that sets them free to be who they are. I am having a huge wow moment because I have never heard into me. I see. Oh, that yeah. is so huge. And even while you were just going through all the struggles that you've had, I'm thinking about the parallels in my own life while they're, different, but the same. Mm. I mean, I had, my parents were divorced and I think I was actually, no, not, I think I know I was looking for a stable family life. And when I found the boy that had the family, I tried to fit the mold of who I thought I needed to be in order yeah. to, to preserve that. And I had no intimacy with myself. I lost all me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's poignant. Again, I think a lot of us, when we spin so fast and we don't think we're addicted because we're not on heroin or something, but we are addicted to being busy, addicted to having a good attitude, addicted to making more money, addicted to keeping up with the Joneses, addicted to making sure we lose that last five pounds and then we'll be enough. Like there's all these other things we get addicted to on the outside to keep us spinning fast enough so we don't feel because it's not fun to feel. And a lot of us in my, in my practice, I find that we haven't been taught how to navigate intense emotions. And that is a huge necessary skill to stay present. Like, I know you've got children. I only have one. I, I bow to you. <laughs> um, but like when they have a temper tantrum in the grocery store and everybody is staring at you, there's a lot of intensity of emotion. Like, oh, shame. What do people think? Am I a good enough mother? You know, shut up, kid. Like, like there's all these intense things. And if we let the emotions take us over, we are unkind to our child. We are unkind to ourselves. 
But if we can navigate that intense emotion, which really comes down to like a yogic ancient practice, just breathe, breathe into the fire, let go of trying to change it. Breathe into that which you would prefer is not happening. Let go of trying to fix it or change it or get approval from others. You do that two, three, four times. Your body regulates. You stay present. You let go of hating your child. You let go of hating yourself or hating the other people in the grocery store. And you can just be. And to me, those are moments of grace where we don't have to change anything or fix anything. We stay connected, intimate, uh, vulnerable, honest, truthful, all sort of similar words to me than intimacy. We say intimate with our child, intimate with ourself, intimate with the moment. And quite frankly, I believe intimate with God, the universe, the divine, this presence that has our back that we can't connect with when we spin fast. But when we breathe and stay present long enough, it's right there. It's right there in the form of guidance, intuition, instincts. And we make it through these situations and our kids learn to trust us and we learn to trust life. My kids are sort of the opposite in the grocery store. They are perfect at the grocery store. (laughs) So the funny thing is, is that parents see me or the other shoppers see me looking all disheveled because they see these three little perfect angels sitting in the cart and I can just feel them. (laughs) <laughs> looking at me in my sweats and t-shirt and my hair that's going crazy if I don't have on my mom my mama hair don't care hat and why do you look like that these three kids are angels I mean they're the ones who will say to people that they've never known never met before I love you how are you doing today like asking them what's in their car and for the most part no. they're <laughs> so actually most of my st- struggle there has come from even from clients because I've Mm. learned how to deal with it and maybe deal is not the right word but as far as my family is concerned you know Mm -hmm. no means no I know what my limits are but then there's the clients and I know that a lot of entrepreneurs face this the same the same as me where we're always looking for acceptance and we Mm. until we realize that we don't need it like we do, but we don't. I, I know what I'm trying to say, but whether or not it comes out of my mouth, I don't know if it will today. You know, but for the longest time, I was always saying yes to my clients and giving them whatever they needed, even if it meant taking the nights and weekends away from my family. Right, right. Because I didn't have the into me I see to know that I could say no. Right. Well, the sitting in the fire of saying no to a client brings up a lot of emotions that is are difficult to deal with. Like, what if they take their business away? What if they don't refer me? What if there's no money in the bank? Like, you can go quickly down to what if I'm homeless? Like, it's crazy the way our minds will go when we resist an emotion rather than into me, I see, have a sit down. It's sort of like the business Kim and Kim or the business Alana and Alana, like we sit down, we pour a cup of tea and we're like, Hey, how you feeling? Really scared to say no. Okay. I get that. Tell me more. It's like acknowledge, validate, listen, don't try to change, really get in their shoes, have empathy, understand this part of self that we've been rejecting. And then you can come into oneness, understanding you can create a plan together of healthier boundaries and a willingness. If that client only wants to work with me, if they can use me really, 
if I'll just do anything at the cost of my health, my family, do I really want them as a client? Do they actually value me anyways? And that's been certainly my journey. I would work seven days a week, totally afraid that I wouldn't be able to make enough money to pay back all the legal bills and, and keep it together as a single mom. I would sacrifice, even we could use the, the archetype prostitute, prostitute my, my energy, um, certainly not my body, but that it's that same energy, that same archetype, uh, when we give away what isn't in alignment with our truth and our values. Oh, absolutely. There have been times when I felt like the beck and call girl. Yeah, I'm sure I am not the only one. I'm sure there has to be at least one listener out there who just saw the parallel, though, between what I was just saying about being concerned about saying no to a client yeah. to, you know, as teenagers, we could, I, I'm I'm wondering if I should even, well, I've already started, so I'm going to go there. You know, we worry about the boyfriend who we know wants something, but do we say no? Is he still going to be our boyfriend if we say no? Right. We realize at a certain point that if they can't accept no, then we're hopefully we've accepted the fact that if they can't accept no, then they're not good for us. Right. And the same goes for clients too. And totally. And you and I chatted a little bit before the official episode started that sex is only a minuscule part if even a part of intimacy but there mm -hmm. you go I brought it in wow I brought it in not you <laughs> okay <laughs> you just gave the green light but yeah I agree that actual sexual copulation is just a small part of intimacy intimacy is this huge umbrella that we have with ourselves. We have with our body, we have with our family, our children, we have with our lover, we have with our business. We even have it with money. Like how is your intimate relationship with money? And if we don't do the work as, as women, as mothers, as entrepreneurs, as lovers to, to really look inside ourselves, I say that it's harder to be a great parent when our teenagers start to go through the hormones and the dating. Like we, we want to be able to really get how hard it is to stand in your truth and be willing to be rejected or someone not value or honor our no. But when we can do it ourselves and sit in our own fire and come to terms with our perfectly imperfect selves, we can help our kids. And I remember like sitting with my son, like writing out the text, you know, cause that's how they talk. They talk in text to the girl that he was starting to date, but it wasn't quite feeling right. And he honored her and he, oh, like we were just really working on that communication and he needed my help. And it was an awesome moment to just feel the discomfort and oh, all the gross stuff and just sit in the fire and just be real. It's awesome when we can just be all flavors of being a human and stay present and love even our wobbly parts. Is that at all how you were raised? Because I know it's not how I was raised, but I love having that converse, not that conversation, but that type of communication with my kids as well. Because they know that they can come and chat with me about anything. Wow, that's awesome. Yes and no. I remember one time when I was 13, like there was one restaurant that was like the nice restaurant in town. And my mom would take my sister and I sometimes, but she only took me and I'm like, Oh, I'm in trouble. What have I done? And she downed a glass of wine and like one gulp turned it over and said, this is your vagina. And I'm like, Oh no, the talk. 
And so I just sat there mortified, beat red as she gave me that kind of conversation. So she would try to be open, be vulnerable, be be honest, be truthful. But it was a one-way communication. It wasn't like a two-way communication until I got a lot older. And I would, we would just sit on the kitchen floor. I don't know why we had like a living room and things to sit on, but we'd like to sit on the kitchen floor and have some of our deepest conversations because she started to become single. After 30 years, my dad and her uh, split up and we were both single. We were both dealing with contraception. We were both dealing with dating sites. And uh, then the, the, the intimate, it was actually intimate conversation, a two-way street, the giving, the receiving, the opening, the, that, that real being seen totally naked uh, emotionally with another. And it was exquisite, but it, didn't, it took until my 30s. I can't imagine having that conversation with my mom because it was quite the opposite. Yeah. She, did you watch 16 Candles? So right at the beginning, there's a scene where Molly, what's her last name? Ringwald? Ringwald. Yeah. Uh Molly Ringwald walks into the the shower room during gym class and you see a lot. Let's just put it that way. And I remember my mom was walking past as my sister and I were watching it and she came in immediately and turned it off and said, we were never watching it again. So we never had those types of discussions. Right. I mean, there was even a, I wouldn't even call it risky. We loved the Cosby show growing up. And there was an episode where all the guys gave birth to subs. And uh-huh. that was too risky. Uh, Mom, if yeah. you're listening, I'm sorry. I don't mean to embarrass <laughs> you. But, but yeah, it's amazing how even despite ways that we were raised, once we develop that intimacy with ourselves, we can start to see who we want to be and who we don't want to be. And we can start passing that on to our relationships with everybody else. Yeah. I respect my dad. Now he's dry and he's gone into like a 12 step program where you really do look inside and forgive and clean up your messes and, and learn surrender and giving it over to God. So I, I think any any person who's willing to grow, willing to be their best, willing to continue to evolve, will eventually, into me, I see, will have a look inside. And, and my recommendation, simply so that you can have more freedom, more joy, and also receive more joy, receive more love. It's a two-way street with intimacy and receive more money, more success, more clients that value you. It's all the same thing. Uh, Once you begin to look inside and it gets uncomfortable, remember to breathe and remember you're going in almost to rescue a part of you, a little you that's been hidden in the back darkest corner of your heart behind locked doors and chains waiting for you to just come in and hug them and hold them. And then have a few laughs and then let go of the significance and become teammates again. Uh, it's, it's healthy to stop avoiding or rejecting or resisting these parts of ourselves and to put on our big girl panties and to go in there and go, okay, I am so sorry. I have been rejecting you and avoiding you for decades. Let's, let's get to know each other. It's very free. I would love to know more about intimacy with money. What does that mean? How, how are you intimate with money? Well, if we were to be in conversation, like money sitting over there and we're sitting over here, do you like, where have you been? Why aren't there, why aren't, why don't you buy more often? Why do you only come by in the nick of time? Why isn't there, you know, you're not spending enough time with me. Like a lot of us would not 
really be happy with money if we didn't have a lot of it or if it came and went sporadically. Uh, we might um, o- overly give ourselves away for money, thinking that our own value isn't good enough unless we have the money. There's all sorts of interesting ways, if you were to really look at money as your best friend, that you're not liking each other, that you've got grudges, that you're you're pissed and you don't feel that safe welcoming, hey, money, come and play at my party. I'd love you to come over again. It's normally like, well, sure, hope you show up this time. Do you kind of hear the attitude sometimes we have subconsciously with money that when brought to the light, we could shift? Oh, yeah. Sort of like talking to a fair weather friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and if we can, uh, just a simple practice, if you could put 20 bucks in your wallet and never spend it, and maybe a hundred bucks in your wallet and never spend it. And every time you ever look in your, your wallet, go, hi, money. Oh, I have money. I'm so blessed to have money. It's so good to see you. Kisses me, money. Or like if you could start to just have a, a sort of a dorky practice like that. But the idea is we're training ourselves to be intimate, connected, honest, real one with our finances. If every time you opened up your online banking statement, you didn't like contract your belly or need a deep breath to look at it, but just go, hi, hi, money in the bank. It's so good to see you. I know this sounds super dorky, but like a lot of us have a lot of shame. Maybe we had a bankruptcy in the past. Maybe we're not sure how we're going to feed the three, five, seven kids, whatever it is, then college. It it can be a very gripping experience just to open up your online banking profile, but that's an energy. And, and even though I work in intimacy and I've been a relationship coach for like almost 20 years, I'm also a student, nonstop student and quite a nerd when it comes to like quantum physics. Cause I want to prove what I know intuitively and the results I get with clients. I want to prove it in science. And when I really learn that everything's energy and everything's a vibration and the only reason one kind of flower is different than another kind of flower at the scientific level is only a vibration. So it's a different vibration to be scared than it is to be grateful. It's a vibration. And money is a vibration. It's energy. And so how I interact on an intimate level with money determines how easy it is for me to receive it. And frankly, how easy it is for me to be generous and tithe and not go, oh my God, I don't have enough. What if I, you know, it's all feelings, emotions, and equilibrating those emotions so we can be present and in connection with money. So I encourage you to sit down like it's like you're going to go for a coffee with a best friend. Sit down like you're having a glass of wine with your lover. Open up your bank account and go, hi, how you doing? <laughs> and then start to talk to the money or talk to your business like it's a thing, like it's a real live thing. Like, hey, what would be most fun for you and me to receive more money? What would bring us delight? What would turn us on? What would make us so friggin' happy? Oh, working with clients this way. Oh, doing a podcast. Oh, writing a book. Oh, so that's an energy as well of delight, high vibration and receptivity, valuing like our net worth, appreciation, value. That's like you can use that as a money term. So when we really are proud of what we put out there and we contribute, it's a high vibration, then we can receive our value in the form of money. That's the inhale and the exhale is, oh, thank you, light bill. Oh, thank you, water bill. Oh, thank you, college tuition for my children. Oh, thank you for a new dress for my sexy body. Like it, the flow returns. The peace underneath the flow returns. 
Oh, overdue invoices in my invoicing software. <laughs> I see that money going into my account today. And, and my credit card overall uh, limit's going to go up so that my credit score will go up. I can feel you all coming. Yay. Party down. down. Yeah. But no, it's I true, love that. Even just resistance. having... You know, like those $5 that you find hidden at the bottom of your purse that you didn't know you had. And it just, I mean, it can be 25 cents sometimes. Yeah. But, oh, like, I love that. It, to me, it makes life more delicious. I mean, we're all going to go through our challenges, right? Like there's always going to be the ups and downs, the pleasures and pain. So what do I have as a through line to make me more grateful? And I can be like very like sort of spiritual grateful and I can always look on the bright side, but it's sort of like intellectual for me to really embody and to feel it in all the cells of my body and to be like be it, vibrate as it. I, I like to be more turned on. I like to be more alive. I like to be more juicy and grateful and see my sexy as not a manipulation or um, or something shallow or external, but to see it as something deeply sacred, deeply in my heart, that I get to be uh, a shining flower. And, and that's just how I like to live. <laughs> I'm finding it really amazing, and I'm even going to go back to our amazing, crazy amazing. Yes. That I had, the day I was introduced to the law of attraction, I realized, and and if by chance he's listening, as I mentioned to you before, like my ex-husband and I have a better relationship now than we ever did when we were married, but it was a really bad point for us, Mm. and I remember that day he came home and I was smiling because I had done so much research over the day and I realized I had the right to make myself happy and he didn't. And so I saw that as far as men were concerned, you know, I decided that from there on out, I had a right to decide who I was with and if they didn't meet my standards, then I didn't need them in my life. But I was only looking at it from the the dating and marriage side, but I never thought about it until this conversation, how that can so pull into my business as well. No Mm. client has the right to impact how I feel and I can choose which clients I work with and I can choose when I work with them. Yes. And you have just opened up a big door of into me I see for my business. Like seriously, mm. wow. Those two outstanding invoices. I'm not sure if that's going to happen any longer after today. Because mm. it doesn't I don't need to let it. And that's not me being I hate the word bitch. But seriously, <laughs> bitch. I have the right to say that you either pay your retainer Mm-hmm. or I'm not doing any more work. Right, right. Oh, I have an assignment then for all of us that resist our inner bitch. Like go into your heart or wherever you think she's hanging out and get to know her. Because there are times, of course, when it's inappropriate or unkind. I get that. But there are also times when it's actually kind to be a bitch. But I wouldn't even call it like a negative sort of uh, condescending way, but like it's, there's a value to, to standing up for ourselves. There's a value to having healthy boundaries. People respect us. We attract people that value us. It, 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 everything has a, 
pro and a con or in positive and negative, or you can look at everything from two points of view. So like the posture of a queen, a goddess, she would, she wouldn't say, Oh, sure. You don't have to pay me. Sure. I'll just give you that field. You can just, you know, sure. You know, I'll just put the drawbridge down. Come on in, take all the food in the, in the pantry. It's no big, no, she has like standards. Like if this whole queendom is going to thrive, she has certain standards and some people who might not want to, you know, show up or take responsibility or do their own work will project their unkindness saying, you're a bitch. And our job is to go, Oh, and receive that. And just look at that. Go, oh, like sit in the fire. Oh, am I really being unkind? No. Am I? No, they're just upset that I have some boundaries. That's okay. And then it's, I sort of like, you can't really see me, but I'm like, I receive it. And then I put it beside me. Like if we don't have to resist anything and we can receive everybody's comments, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, and just hold it in our hands. If it's something that serves us, keep it. If it's not, just put it down. Put it down. Oh, I'm Keep using her- that. Absolutely, I'm using that. <laughs> yeah. Keep your heart open. Move forward. Honor yourself. Receive. Well, even my kids' pediatrician office. I mean, they have signs on the wall now that says, "If you don't have insurance, then you won't be seen. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay your retainer, you won't be supported. If you don't respect me, yeah, as a person, hello, I don't yeah. have time." Yeah. Somewhere else. Oh, y'all. I love oh, y'all. And I think that's important as we grow and evolve as women on the planet. You know, we, we've gone through all these different stages of, you know, staying home to then, you know, working as the CEO. And we're all finding what's true for us, right? We have the vote. You know, things are improving. But I think there's still a bit of a, if a woman gets angry, she's hysterical. Or if a woman gets emotional, she's, you know, a crazy, amazing, amazing. Like there's judgment when we stand up for ourselves. And I, and I think it's really part of our evolution to come to terms with uh, what it would feel like to be a queen. A queen will not put up with BS. She won't overreact. She won't get hysterical. She will just look at you. That's all it takes is a look, a tsunami look, a make a Grand Canyon look. Just, I'm sure you could do that with your kids, right, Kim? You're just like, don't even think about it. It's just a look. You don't have to overreact, but really own all the flavors of the feminine. I mean, the, a mother will, mother bear will kill for her child. There's a fierceness in us that's beautiful. And there's also a tenderness in us that's just as valuable and beautiful. We are the breadth of all these incredible elements and flavors of the feminine and to have an intimate relationship with all of your flavors. You're naughty, you're sexy, you're dorky, you're, you're goofy, you're sensual, you're tender, you're bold, you're soft, all of it. Get to know and love all of it. In our pre-chat, we talked about this and I wouldn't normally say this, but Alana has a seven-part training. I had no idea how to segue into it, and this is me just being totally transparent, but you just opened up the door wide open. (laughs) Seven-part training, vulnerability is the new sexy. Mm. I mean, there you go. Yeah. I can see how it, like, how it totally plays into what you were just saying now. Mm. Can you talk about that training a little bit so we can entice... Listen to me now. Oh. Listeners are like, this is not who I've been listening to for a hundred and 
50 something episodes. Oh, by the way, listeners, before Alana shares details about the training, you can find all the show notes for this episode at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP154. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I got, actually, I got shivers as soon as you were saying that. Like, I really felt that you are getting it too. Like, I'm even opening doors for you. So thank you for this beautiful opportunity. So, can, Bob, can, sorry, can yeah. I just interject one thing yeah, quick? Yeah, you know the uh-huh. Staples easy button that you can yeah, buy? Yeah. I want a hoya button <laughs> for my desk now. <laughs> Let's go into production. Let's get them made and that'll be our new stream of income to let all women go, hey, y'all. Seriously, and I have a team member or two that I know would love it as well. We're just going to have, mine needs to be turquoise, but it will be okay. the easy hoya button yeah. here on my desk. You hear me hitting my desk. I never do that during an episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, I need it. Well, at least your chair hasn't made noises, so it's all good. Yeah, listeners, my chair makes farting noises. <laughs> Tune into the next blooper reel to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so basically, vulnerability, I believe, has got a bad rap. Like it makes you um, hurtable, or someone can take advantage of you, or someone can reject you. So we need to keep up these horrible walls to protect ourselves because we're so broken. And that's all BS. You are unbreakable. You are limitless. You are everything, as we said, from soft to bold, and it's in your openness. That allows you to connect with your intuition, your intelligence, the present moment, your healthy boundaries, that pre-verbal uh-huh, uh-uh, that lets us know whether a lover, a client, a situation is a, is a contribution to us or not. And so, yes, it takes courage. I will definitely say it takes courage, but it is your greatest power. And frankly, when you really look around the world, the sexiest people are available. They don't have these walls up. You can get in there with them. And they also are respectable. Like we just said, hoy ya. Like if you throw some judgment at them, they're like, eh. If you don't think I'm a great cook, fine. I don't care. Hoy ya. <laughs> Who cares if there's burnt mac and cheese? Doesn't matter, right? Like you don't take it on. The vulnerable people are actually the sexy irresistible people. So yes, there's a seven part training, absolutely complimentary on my website, alanapratt.com. And I would love to take you through to the other side so that you're even more free, more open, feeling more delicious and at peace with who you are. Talking about being, this isn't being vulnerable. This is being transparent. I guess it depends on how you say banana. (laughs) I was thinking banana, the whole Alana banana. Oh, good, That's Kim. the New Yorker in me coming out, like <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's, oh, my goodness. I don't know if that will be blooper reel or what, but hey, listeners, that's me being real. Mm. <laughs> no, I Anna, think- We oh. seriously need to look into getting the hi-ya button produced. Listeners, check back. Seriously. I, I'm going to have my squirrel after this episode and oh and there's the dog too i'm going to have my squirrel after this episode and look into how to get a a button produced for our desk set and yeah elena i'll let you know i love it i totally love it and i really want to acknowledge you kim i think you're one of the most vulnerable transparent honest truthful hysterical wise just put it out there, women in, in the podcast world. I love your energy. It's very, it, it allows me to be more me. So thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you as well. 
Where can listeners find you online and connect? And and how can you work with listeners to help them get more of the hiya and the <laughs> into me I sees in their life? Uh, well, my website, as I said, alanapratt.com. Please enjoy that complimentary training there. And when you do, you'll be invited into my world and receive my newsletters. And you can go to YouTube. I've got videos all the time. I'm a featured contributor on a lot of different sites. Um, and also send your guys, send your husbands, your boyfriends. I, I do work for, for men as well. The site is called Get Her To Say Yes. And between you and me, that is really the opening of her heart and her soul. And of course, as we said, I'm an intimacy expert. So of course, it's also about sex as well. But sex is so much more amazing when our hearts are connected in a sacred way. So that's the work I do with guys. That's incredible. Thank you so much again for joining us here today. Do you have any closing thoughts that you would love to offer to the listeners? Mm, I love the statement when mama's happy, everybody's happy. And really what that takes is not just like an, a new purse <laughs> or a glass of wine at the end of the day. That's all awesome. But really when mom is happy with all of her parts on the inside, she's okay with her bitch. She's okay with her softness. She's okay with where the bank account is. She's okay with where her, um, the size of her butt <laughs> or, or the size of her bank account, just like all parts of her, like, hi, it's this totally high. That is when mama's happy. So to do our own inner work so that we can more easily navigate the challenges of mompreneurship, etc. If you could just fall madly in love with you exactly the way you are. 